Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's another Wednesday night, and that, mean it, that means it's time for you, the viewer, me, Lady Ada, the engineer, and Mr. Lady Ada. You can set your clock, too, and I must. Ding, ding. I must. Uh, on camera control and doing the behind-the-scenes chat and coupon code generation, is uh, we're all here at the Airfoot Factory. This is where we do all designing, testing, manufacturing, kitting, videoing, coding, and more. Uh, right now, the factory is silent because everyone's at home except for us. And that's because for the next hour, we're gonna be doing Ask Engineer, your most favoritist one hour of live engineering chat, news, videos, demos, guides, products, yeah. coupon codes, top secrets, and more. Mr. Lady Ada, let's kick it off. Tell them what's on tonight's show. On tonight's show, the code is Rainbow Allen. Or Rambo Wallen. <laughs> Either way, it works. A rain Bow Allen. Yeah. Um, 10% in Native Fruit Star all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, or when I remember to turn the code off, gets you 10% off all the things we have in stock. Talk about our Native Fruit Live shows, including the ones that you maybe just saw. Show and tell. Got a bunch of cool people on there. Time travel, look around the world makers, hackers, artists, and engineers. We got some special retro tech this week. Special guest Jeff are going to show off something he's been working on. From the mailbag, your letters to us, some made in New York City factory footage, advanced manufacturing, and more. Some 3D printing. We have INMPI this week, it's TDK, brought to you by DigiKey. We've got new products, top secret. We're gonna answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord, where you can join all 35,000 of us. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Bam. Okay. So, um, in addition to the Rainbow Allen, um, yes. you can get free stuff. What do they get? We've got so many freebies. $99 or more, you get a Permaproto half-size breadboard, our classic freebie. Um, people love this one because it's so useful for making your breadboard projects permanent. $149 or more, you get our favorite, well, oh, we love all of our dev boards equally, but one of our favorite, pink PCB KB2040, an RP20 dev board with castellated pads, GPIO, lots of memory, STEM QT, and USB-C. 199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. It's tracked, it's shipped, it's brown, it's UPS. And 299 or more, you get a free Circuit Playground Blue Fruit. It's an all-in-one dev board with LEDs and buttons and sensors, Bluetooth low energy, uh, it's a great way to get started with Arduino or CircuitPython. A little bit of make code support as well. Okay. And don't forget, we're still doing, um, you know, the best possible job. I think anyone can with how the online world works. So don't forget to verify your account. Put two-step authentication on your account, which we offer at Adafruit. You can use just about anything to do two-factor authentication, um, from the hardware keys to uh, authenticator apps. apps. To yeah. Mobile phones to desktop applications. And uh, if you do that, do that on every other website because every single computer likes making copies of everything and sending it to everyone you know. So they so do best. It's a, that's what we make computers for. And the genie is out of the bottle, as they say. So it's a good idea and it's good computing hygiene. Adafruit Live Series of Shows. So we've got a bunch of live shows that we do every single week. Um, we recently just did show and tell. Melissa was special guest. Thank you, Melissa. And you could see um, some of the projects that were on there. Um, gonna say it. 
apparently there was an amazing cube. There's a cube. There's also a guide for the cube. Yeah. Talk so, about that shortly. So apparently. It is an adorable cube. Apparently that was on there. And uh, do check it out. People love a cube. Next up. Uh, we do Desk of Lady 8 every Sunday. It's usually at like hacker o'clock. We've been trying to do it a little earlier um, than like midnight. So folks can, more <laughs> folks can watch it. And we have been. <laughs> and, I, so, and I get rest. <laughs> so we have uh, part one and part two. What was part one this week? Okay. So um, this week I did, a, you know, we had a little bit of time this weekend. And so I finally dug into why the uh, WCH uh, CP2102, no, sorry, CH9102, which is the CP2104 replacement uh didn't have flow control working in the linux kernel turns out you can load an out of tree kernel module that fixes um the the broken driver um so i showed people how to use that also i did a demo of the um blue fruit easy key for the new uh esp32 version that um i'm getting i'm trying to revive this old product that was based on a csr chipset Poured it to the ESP32. So far, so good. I showed it working. Uh, I wirelessly uploaded uh, code to an Arduino Uno um, using Bluetooth SPP. Very exciting. Okay. Um, and then we do the great search where we all try to find parts on digikey.com together. And sometimes we're successful because there's a lot of things <laughs> to find. And sometimes things aren't in stock, but now it's starting to let up a little bit. It is. I'm actually noticing it's a little, a little bit, bit. It's a little bit easier to find some parts, not complicated parts, but some simple parts. Um, transistors and level shifters and diodes. I mean, like, I remember like I couldn't get like diodes for a bit, um, or like yeah. NPM transistors, and it was a little bit like really, guys. Like, yeah, we're also seeing our inboxes filled with. Um, I'm not going to say failed startups, but some are startups that didn't work out, and they're like, we bought all these parts. But we don't. We're going. We're going out of business. Well, you buy these parts, and um, on one hand, it sounds interesting for some things. On the other hand, they want to charge way more than we could just buy them now. So that's another thing. We're passing. I on know a lot of it's these. a little annoying. It's like there's some parts that I. And this is a distraction, but it's a little bit of you know a chip shortage. There's parts that we ordered. We get the parts, and then immediately we see that they're available everywhere for cheaper than we paid. But we. It's okay. We had booked. It's okay. You know, because we, we got stuff to, you know, back in 2021 or 2020, yeah. you know, and, and this is what it, what, what the deal is. Anyways, um, but things are loosening up. Anyways. I'd rather, I'd rather have that happen than sending rando emails saying, I have all these parts. Can I sell them to you? Because things didn't work out. Yeah. So, you know, if you have to choose, I yeah. guess. I thought you get a choice, but. All right, so what did you try to find this okay, week? Okay, so this week, um, uh, the Nina U-Blocks module that we use on the Itsy Bitsy airlift, um, like Bitsy Wing, uh, is uh, discontinued. And also, I wanted to, uh, you know, for the Bluefoot Easy Link, I designed it with the ESP32 Pico Mini, which is a wonderful little module, but has um, it has four megabytes, sorry, eight megabytes of flash and two megabytes of PSRAM. And I thought, like, you know, it's a little, I don't need the PS RAM. I don't need that much flash. So maybe there's a smaller um, or less expensive module. And so I showed how to use the Espressif part selector um, to identify different sizes and models of ESP32 modules and kind of talked about the different standardish sizes that they've got, which are a little bit confusing because there's the Pico, there's the Mini, there's the Room, there's the Rover, and there's the C3 Mini, which is the same size as the Pico Mini. Okay. Anyways. 
Um, we go through all that. I show them on DigiKey with the pricing, and I actually show that the ESP32 Mini is one of the cheapest ESP32 modules you can get, um, cheaper than the Warroom, I, I, from yeah. what I recall. So uh, check that out. Okay, and then um, we do JP's product pick of the week every Tuesday, and uh, here's this week's highlight. The tactile button assortment. You get 25 different kinds of buttons, 10 each. Nice little smorgasbord of the buttons here and a little parts tray. Also get the different colors on these, but these are, uh, uh, I think, a typical six millimeter. Uh, this is one of these right angle ones that has uh, some good support for the board. These I love. I'm crazy about these. I'm putting these on Jay's uh, MIDI button board. They just have a really nice, it's a 12 by 12 millimeter, but they have a really nice tall, I think 10 millimeter uh, button. The sounds of these switches, because they are good and clicky. A little contact microphone module. This guy right here. Little tiny one. I'm going to use some tweezers to, to click this one, actually. Woo! The tactile switch assortment, 25 different kinds of buttons, 10 each. And tomorrow, JP's workshop, Friday deep dive with Tim. No Pedro back next week. No, no Pedro back next week on 3D Hangouts. Time travel. All right, well, I'm gonna do my Adabox update and the update is there is no update. We still are awaiting all of the parts and more that we need to ship thousands of thousands of Adaboxes. So we have four that we try to do per year. This year has been Exciting. incredibly difficult. So <laughs> we may have an autumn one. We may have the winter one. We don't know. The second we know for sure, either way, we'll let everyone know. So our update is there is no update. I think what I'm gonna do is add a link to this video on Adabox and just let folks know we're here. We don't charge Adabox until we ship it, so you don't have to worry about that. And we do have um, more people signing up for Adabox all the time. So um, ideally, and in ideal world, um, the parts will come back in stock that we need, and then we can even add more folks to Adabox. Yes. We can even ship more out. So that would be nice, but we shall see. Other things in the world of time travel, um, there's a Adafruit IO update. This is, um, as they say in the biz, a sleeper hit. So Adafruit IO is, as far as I know right now, the only um, free and plus IO system that works with all devices, um, has all the ways that you can use it in any way you want. And then we have a no code version. And it's real no code. Of, yeah. Not like a fake no code where yeah. it's like you're still coding. I mean it. And <laughs> There's so, no coding. There's no, yeah. ID, no IDE, no command line. So the, the highlights this week is, um, and I'll show the blog post in a second, um, is a bunch of stuff from Whippersnapper. So um, servo motor control, Lady will talk about that. Servos are using our IoT project, so you can see like some of the cool things. It's really neat to do a real-time thing and then watch a servo use. Um, integrates with IO actions. We have a uh, servo component that Lamar will talk about, and it works with the ESP32, the ESP8266, the S2, the C3, and the MV51. Um, S3, we found a bug, but we're gonna fix it. Yeah, and so um, here is kind of uh, an overview with some you know fun graphics yes. and stuff. But um, 
you were, you were working on this with the team. So what's the big deal? And how did how did they get servos working? Because this seems almost like magic. It is a little bit magic, and it required actually a lot of back end work, which is a, you can see it in the GitHub uh, public repo where we work on the Arduino core um, library and code for Whippersnapper. But basically. Um, you know, we've had sensor inputs, which is great. So we've had a lot of, a lot of sensors and LEDs and buttons and switches and analog inputs. And we wanted, to, one of the things that we hadn't done is PWM and servo outputs um, because they're actually kind of handled a little bit weird. Uh, servos in particular, you need like a really steady timer and like, anyways, there's a lot of the details uh, I, will, I will let go. But basically you want to create a pulse between 500 microseconds and 2,500 microseconds, and that corresponds to a servo moving. And servos are a really great way of adding motion or uh, motorized control. There's continuous servos that spin continuously rather than having a position. Um, so servos are great. You know, they can push a button with a servo. Um, you can flick a switch. You can point at something. Um, so servos are a really easy way to add robotics, and you can yeah. put one per pin. So we now have servo support in, uh, in Adafruit.io Whippersnapper, you can see it here. So basically you write the value of the pulse, 500 is all the way to the left, 2500 all the way to the right, um, and that, will, that feed will get updated by Whippersnapper and control the servo on the pin. Uh, it'll work with any standard servo. You can tweak the min and max. Some want a little bit more or less than 500 to 2500. Uh, the default frequency is 50 hertz if you happen to have a weirdo servo that wants higher frequency updates. That's adjustable as well. But this is really great for you know a lot of projects where you want to have something trigger a motion or a movement. A servo is, it's very, there yeah. are a lot of servos, different strengths and weights and sizes. So. so controlling the position of a servo via an Internet of Things service that's free, mm -hmm. or if you want to pay and you have more um, you know, yeah. stuff to do. Um, we were asked to have a, a fee version because some folks want to like do quite a bit of stuff on it, but we'll always have a free version. Yeah, I think everyone. you get like 10 feeds and two devices, which is like quite a lot yeah. on the free version. It's just if you need Most more Most folks are that. free. But if you want to support it, you can always get a plus account. Yeah. It's a good deal, like 10 bucks a month. So um, I think this is the only IoT service that allows you to do this. I was looking around. I don't think you can control servos. servos. Are, no, wait, look, we got so, through the whole yeah. thing. They, 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 oh, you have, I love yeah. it. Oh, look, blank. Yeah. You know, I made something blank. It's like, that's cool, um, but this is also no code. But you can also look at how it's done and write a bunch of code if you want to. Please try it out. Anyways, um, try it out. Let us know and um, have fun with it. I think a lot of folks will be able to do really neat interactive art installations. You'll be able to do things like, well, we had a project where when, when something moves in one location, it moves in another location. So make yeah. your own entangled particles. Um, retro. So we have a little bit of retro this week. This was on the show and tell, but um, Jeff sent the video, so we're going to play it. Check it out. Hey, Jeffler, what have we got here? Well, this is my friend's uh, Kim One, which we have just gotten running today. And so we've already put in a program in hexadecimal to add two numbers together. So uh, let's see. We are going to set the numbers to add, though. So we're going to go to address zero and enter some data. And why not add 37 and... 12 and then this is the first byte of our program at address 2 and so I will hit go and with any luck those numbers that I said add together to 49 in hexadecimal and that is a real program running on a real original Kim 1. 
Okay, letters. We get your letters. This, I wasn't sure if we read this one because it was on Ask an Engineer and then we heard back from the person. So if this is a repeat, sorry, but it's worth it. During Ask an Engineer, I asked a question about the vinyl record shipping to Florida during the middle of summer. Happy to report Adafruit's album frequency survived the Florida summer torture test. Record came in condition, not a single band on the cover. Plastic wrap, nice and tight. I am impressed. Big hug to everyone Adafruit for helping make, make records turn things into reality. So, yeah. Um, we have an album. We still have a lot of these. If so, you're in California in a heat wave and you want to listen yeah, to some tunes while you're yeah, it is it is weather tested. It's okay. So uh, yeah, all right. It's now time for some Python on hardware. All right. This week um, we have Circuit Python seven three three. It is released. Um, you know, minor changes. Um, please check it out. Uh, you know working on eight now beta alpha right we're working on eight alpha sorry alpha beta working on eight beta which is a lot of wi-fi stuff but we're as we find bugs we still backport them to the stable seven xx series which is what's going on here so if you want to uh check out the latest it is now i guess as stable, as stable as, as sevens are going to be. Yeah, we well, I mean, the these are one. a lot of bug fixes and tweaks and updates, and, yeah. and keep sending those in. Okay, I'm going to show a video in a sec. But um, some neat stuff, if you want to uh, do some e-ink with CircuitPython, this is really neat. These are some really cool map things that you can do, GPS yeah. mapping application for LCD displays. Mm-hmm. Um, and our editor has a note. Everything is kind of back to school time. If you're doing projects in schools and you use Python or CircuitPython, just tag us on social media, CircuitPython, MicroPython, Python. We'll get in a newsletter. Um, back to school means coding in Python for a lot of folks. It seems to be the unofficial national language in many school districts. <laughs> and internationally, it is a uh, national language or programming language. So I think we're going to see even more Python this year. Um, highlights from some live things that we have in the newsletter from the CircuitPython show. So if you want to uh, see an interview with Radomir, check that out. And then just tons and tons of projects. So if you want to see Game of Life, little keyboards, oh, so cute. Uh, MIDI keyboards, um, here's some digit recognition with CircuitPython, Raspberry Pi Pico. Here is a Amiga 600 keyboard USB adapter with the Raspberry Pi Pico and CircuitPython. It just goes on and on and on. There is um, a build for uh, the ESP32 S2 N1 6R8. Um, there is a PyClone using. Ooh, it's a nice. PyClone. Yeah, there, there's a lot going on. Um, you know. There's a lot going on. If you want to have uh, a pet, help. You know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this old dog is like, the, the electronics weigh more. Than it's not the just dog. cats. Yeah. <laughs> um, so lots going on. But um, by popular request, we have part two of the Raspberry Pi Pico W and CircuitPython. So I'm going to play that now. It was this. This is a Raspberry Pi Pico W, also known as the Pi Cow. And what it's got running on it is CircuitPython. And behind it, see this code here? Printing on a MAC address, scanning for Wi-Fi networks, connecting to an access point. Let's see if this works. Man, that was pretty fast. 
So this can actually, um, in CircuitPython now, scan for access points in the area. That's working really well, and it can connect and get an IP address. So next up, of course, we want to add sockets and DNS and routes and all that good stuff to um, get Wi-Fi working on the Raspberry Pi Pico W in CircuitPython. And that'll make it really easy for people to make their own IoT projects using all the great drivers available in CircuitPython. Delivered to your inbox every single week. Just go to adafruitdaily.com and sign up there. It's completely separate from your store account. It has nothing to do with anything with your store. Totally new. That's right. Your fresh world. Yeah. That's interesting. It decided to change the background color pink on that sign. Well, yes. That's cool. Good. Yeah. <laughs> More pink. Yeah. I think it changed the background color on something. That'll be interesting. That's interesting because it's not previewing with that color. Yeah, That's I wonder. Cool. I wonder. Oh, look at this. Whoa. Yeah. It's, so it's all gonna, pink. There's going to be a lot of pink stuff tonight. Okay, okay cool. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, all right. That's Python on hardware. Have to fix that later. Yeah. Okay. We are an open source hardware company. To prove it, we have 2,725 guides. Lady Ada, what's on the big board this week? Okay, I'm glad you asked. First off, most important, you want to share nudes, you want to make nudes, you, we got a nudes guide. The nudes Uber guide uh, from Phil B is all about how to use our uh, LED flexible noodles, which we nicknamed nudes, um, how to power them, how to flex them, you know, limitations. Uh, tips and tricks. We'll be updating this guide as well, but Phil B is just like, you know, the master of cosplaying and LED art. And so um, this is a really great getting started guide. I've also updated uh, the ESP hole ad blocker guide. Uh, that's from JP. Uh, we've added a page on how to use it with Android phones because we uh, realize that some people have Android phones. Um, we've also got a, a fun guide with um, uh, key presses, uh, the, uh, sorry, the, um, 808 style step switches and a Raspberry Pi Pico just showing how to uh, solder them all onto a perforate and make like PWM LEDs and tactile switches and to make a little little mini keyboard um, with LED feedback. Um, they're very tactile switches. Okay. And then kick me to the next. Yeah, we have more guides. There's tons of guides, including everybody's favorite. Well, there's actually a lot, a lot of really good guides this week. Um, yeah. We've got uh, cosplay hacks from Phil B. So this is like an amazing guide. There is 100 tips uh, for cosplay, and um, it's you know a lot about sewing and hygiene and design and um, elements of cosplay and costuming and sewing. Uh, there's also some tips on integrating electronics and LEDs. Uh, so check out the cosplay hacks. I learned a lot. Uh, like for example, did you know that spit will auto set? Um, crazy glue or like it's like there's this weird there's a lot of weird stuff in there anyways check it out you'll learn something uh no question um a lot of people have, told, have already told us it's a great guide uh, we also got a quick start for the circuit python web workflow uh code editor melissa has been writing this so there's a built-in uploader downloader and then simple REPL on circuit python web it's wi-fi workflow boards um but if you want to use the more advanced uh, web editor, uh, you can like upload your know, directories and do a lot more editing and it has a really nice code editor, which you can see even has highlighting. Um, please try it out. It's very new. Uh, it's great for use with ESP32 boards, but any of the boards with Wi-Fi 
workflow enabled. Um, we'll, we'll be able to use the web workflow. We also got a guide from Liz Clark on the new Max 17048 Live Poly or lithium ion fuel gauge and battery monitor. Um, it's a really easy, low power way to add percentage, um, voltage, and charge rate, uh, rate of charge change um, monitoring to your devices. And we've got Arduino and CircuitPython libraries. And uh, everyone cheers and loves this new teeny LED Wi Fi companion cube. Um, it is so adorable. Do not eat. Uh, you can um, display all sorts of animations on it, and it also uses Adafruit I.O. Uh, to display text and icons and graphics, and it's, it's pretty amazing um, how adorable it is. It's got a little battery and a cutie pie inside and a battery monitor, and it's just like, oh, it's like a manager. It's so cute. Um, so check it out. It was also in the show and tell if you want to see some live video right. of Charlene. Um, demoing uh, this most adorable LED companion cube. Okay, here's some factory footage. week for a speed up we have some assembly and testing and more okay 3d printing um, Numpage are off this week, but we have a speed up. And we didn't play the video from the project that Liz did uh, last week. Mm. So I was going to play it and then is the speed up. It, there is 3D printing involved. So I'm going to play that and then the uh, speed up, I think, is from uh, more uh, Sandman. So I think that's a popular show that's on right now. So Who doesn't? Look, we're all goffed out. Yeah, try and. In this project, you'll set up a 3D object in Unity, the popular game dev engine, and send 9DOF accelerometer data over a serial connection to rotate the object. The 9DOF sensor is connected to a dev board running Arduino code. The 9DOF sensor can be calibrated, and that calibration can be stored on the dev board for more accurate readings. In Unity, a C-sharp script is applied to the 3D object to parse the incoming serial data into rotational movement. The sensor and dev board can be mounted in a 3D printed cube to keep them steady while you rotate them. This demo could be adapted for other sensors to communicate with Unity too. You could also build custom controllers for your games to create unique interactive experiences. The code along with step-by-step -step instructions are available now in the Learn Guide at learn.adafruit.com.
And like we said before, 3D Hangouts will be back next week. Early data. It's uh, time to do a reminder. Rainbow Allen's a code, 10% off the Nature Fruit store. It'll all make sense why it's a code soon, but for now, let's do some IONMPI. Mm hmm. Hi, on Okay, this week's new product introduction of the week is from TDK. This is brought to you by DigiKey. Thanks, DigiKey. What is the MPI of the week? Okay, this week's MPI, I want to get the part number right, so we're reading it off the DigiKey bag. It's the uh, TDK WCT38466. It's a uh, patterned uh, coil for wireless um, power transmission. Uh, also known as uh, Qi charging. And uh, this is a popular way to do uh, wireless charging and you need to basically have a chip and antenna and the chips are you know easy, easy to get, um, but the antennas have had improvements in design and so that's what we're talking about this week. Because TDK has been making these antennas for a while. So this is uh, the WCT38466. Um, as you can tell, it's got like this loop, you know, these loops of uh, copper that form the antenna coil that one half of the inductive charging coil um, and it's nice and thin and very flat and funky um, so it's basically like a custom designed it comes all ready to go and I'll, I'll show it on the overhead um, at the end of this um, basically designed to work with anything with Qi charging and um, you just wire it up to um, the battery uh, sorry the Qi management charger chip, you know, which usually is, is of course separate than the antenna, um, and it, it kind of does everything for you, and you just slip this into the design, uh, the back of your design, um, and to add wireless charging. Um, so the thing that's uh, cool about this is it's super, super skinny. Uh, so traditionally, um, these uh, charger coils were uh, super chunky, a couple millimeters thick. I think the previous version was like three millimeters. Uh, they're now under one millimeter. Ooh, amazing. So skinny, which means it's even easier than ever to add it um, into, you know, an existing or upcoming design. Um, so what's really nice is that, you know, over the last few years that, I've, you know, starting in like about 10 years ago, there were a lot of different um, wireless charging standards. Um, I like Duracell had one. But the one that's kind of won out, thankfully, uh, there is a standard now, is this uh, QI Qi charging standard, which is what's used in almost like every phone um, these days. I believe even Apple phones use the standard. Um, and that's really good because it means that you, you, know, you have to have the charger matching with the charger base. And traditionally, if you wanted to um, you know, use wireless charging in your device, you'd have to like have the you know two coils so let me go to the next page we have two coils you have a custom charger like and we sell these in the store you have a custom transmitter a custom receiver and when they enter a line um, the magnetic fields uh, you know uh, cross couple and you get power transmission from one to the other basically it's it's a transformer with an air core in the center and the air core is like the universe um, but the problem is is that like they're not very smart like this you know, this has no control over what the voltage is going to be or how much current, whereas uh, the Qi charging standard, there's some communication, so it, like, knows that it's the right kind of charger, and it's not going to just, like, turn on the power, and, you know, if you happen to have a 12-volt output coil, it's not going to, like, blast your electronics. Um, so that's really nice, and they, of course, come in uh, 5 watts, and I think 15 watts is the next generation. 
The problem is that if you wanted to add wireless charging, traditionally, like on toothbrushes and other devices, you would have to produce, manufacture both the transmission and the receiving side, you know, using something like this. Whereas what's nice with having a standard is you can get off the shelf charging plates and then like you put your device on the charging plate um, and you don't have to worry about that part. You can just worry, worry about the device you're using. Um, so this is what the original uh, G charging antenna looked like. So there was three antennas and they were all like, they would work together. So no matter how you arranged the board on the charging plate, uh, it would work. And I think this is, this is the, you know, what TDK was talking about. This used to be like three millimeters thick, um, this massive coil. And you see it's like protected with um, like a fabric. So it doesn't, with vibration, it doesn't um, short out, which of course would be bad and, and cause the wireless to stop working. Um, so instead of this uh, tri-coil design, we now have um, a single pattern design, much, much thinner, much more flexible, but uh, uh, and, and actually at least as good or better um, patterning for, you know, where, where the device is on the plate so it'll maintain uh, charging because you're not, when you want to have something like a, a toothbrush, you know, it fits into a holder and the holder is like designed with a little nub and so it fits perfectly. With a phone, people sort of slap it down on the charger. You, do, you don't want to make sure that it doesn't have to be perfectly aligned um, to still get a very good charge rate because that, that's the experience that users want to have. Um, so now there's also a much more even um, efficiency, like there aren't any cold spots. Everything has kind of got this, you know, 80% plus efficiency, which is really great for wireless charging. And all you have to do is you have to match this with, again, a charging chip, which, um, you know, I just looked and I found like this one in particular. I'm not recommending this one in specific, but it's just this is what they look like. Um, and this plugs into your, the rest of your, your power management circuitry, uh, connects to the, uh, the, the TX coil pads. Um, and then like it'll give you an interrupt and tell you like, hey, you know, data's coming in. Sorry, power's coming in. Uh, this is how much power it can provide and you can use it to charge your internal battery. Um, you know, it was interesting. You were you just got to watch the, from like a Kickstarter, and yeah. they don't even have a, a USB port on it anymore. Um, yeah. It basically uses only you know Bluetooth low energy, and then you charge it with um, wireless charging. So this is kind of the future because you know the moment you have a charging, you know, the, if you're using Bluetooth low energy for data, um, a USB port all they do is like break or get dust in them, or they can crack. Um, it's a major failure point, even with USB-C, uh, which has, you know, 10,000 or whatever insertion cycles, um, they can just break or they can get damaged and then the whole thing stops working. Whereas with this wireless charging capability, you know, there's less, um, there's less mechanical risk and you can have the whole thing be uh, weatherproof or ruggedized. Um, if you want like a matching transmission, of course, like I said, you can use an off the shelf charger. We also have this charging you know plate element that you can integrate um you see you just give a usb-c and uh it will automatically work with any uh cheat charging plate so you know here's a demo of it charging some android phone um quite nicely and available on digikey it's in stock it is in stock um there's 187 yes and i wanted to show we'll show a video but i can also show it off it's just interesting, especially you're getting your watch that doesn't even have a USB port really reminded yeah. me uh, that this is kind of the future. Everything's just going to have this integrated in. So this is the pattern coil. So it's protected. It's uh, weatherproofed with this 
a nice rubbery um, uh, coating, but you can see the patterning. Uh, there's a mounting hole in the center to you know make sure it's centered, and then um, on the back is this uh, uh, adhesive that's protected. Um, and then you just this one comes with a little header, like a plain header. But of course, you can remove the header, uh, solder this directly to your PCB, and it's you know instant wireless charging with a standard uh, that you can get off the shelf charging plates. All right, we're going to play the video. Um, but I did want to mention something because someone said in one of the chats, did anyone see the Apple event today? Because they have, you know, AirPods and iPhones. They love and, wireless charging too. And watches. Um, so there is a big world out there, and we can all watch these keynotes and all these things, and we can figure out what we want to buy. But then some of us like to build stuff. And, you know, the, the next thing that people will be wearing or doing 10 years from now five years from now, 15 years from now, is gonna be thought up and worked on by someone who's doing electronics maybe early on in their career now, or maybe it's something that they're gonna work on later. So um, you get to see a little glimpse of the future every single week on NPI. It's the new products that are available, and a lot of these things are what's gonna be in everything later. So let's watch a video, and that'll be this week's INMPI. Okay, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do one question that goes yes. along with this one, and then I'm gonna ask you a serious question. Okay. Serious question. Okay. Uh, do wireless chargers affect the wireless LEDs in any way? If you had these little wireless LEDs. I think LEDs? they don't. I think she actually does a, a communications before they transmit power. So you can't just put the. You can't. I don't believe you can just put the LEDs on there. I used to have a charging say. plate. Yeah, but yeah. it's um, the whole point is that it's a little smarter than just like two coils that are like co-axial. Yeah. All right, so here's my serious question. This is this is one of the things. So oh no, serious. Yeah. So when you look at how people can be energy efficient, or sometimes what we're told is yeah. earth friendly, you know, a lot of times we're, we're told stuff because you know, like giant fossil fuel companies make us feel bad that we don't. Yeah. They they run an advertising campaign that says like you should have a green straw. You're the re if you don't have a green straw, yeah. in a paper straw, you're destroying the planet. So we all feel bad. But meanwhile, you know, there's there's other big contributors. Yeah. So is it more efficient to use wireless charging or a wire? And before you answer, 
there's a lot of things because it's never there's never an easy answer because like what if the wire breaks now you got to buy a new wire and now it's your the, your, the your number one thing is it's the the amount of power being used to charge your devices is almost nothing yeah um so it doesn't what takes, matter what takes energy is the manufacturing of the good almost almost all of the cost of something is the energy it takes to manufacture it so if you're you know, the amount of, and like if you do the math for like how much it costs to charge your phone, yeah. it's like a dollar fifty a year. There's almost no energy because the the, the transformer, the, you know, the, the converter for powering, whether it's wireless or wired, is extremely efficient. Um, so basically, if using wireless charging means you will use your phone longer yeah. and not purchase a new phone. Or, new then, or a different charger because everyone a has a different charger, standard that is whatever saves you the most money is almost oh i mean not universally but in general yeah. what keeps you from getting new phones throwing stuff out because almost that stuff's not yeah. repairable um is more likely to is, is, is will you will use more energy so it comes down to the manufacturing of the thing so with the, the energy the manufacturing of the good is way with oh, lifetime overwhelming so if you have a, if you have a wireless charger for a phone that's great because maybe you can always use that forever because it's a standard. If you're and gonna, you won't have to buy a different one over and over. If you use it for longer, then yes. If you yeah. if you if you end up saying like I really like this, I'm gonna or yeah. my my connector doesn't my USB didn't break. This okay. require me to buy a new phone. Um, yeah. That saves energy because it's you know a lot of these things are counterintuitive when you think about it. Like using a microwave for food. It's very efficient, but yeah. not a lot of people like microwaves. It doesn't seem like a green thing. It'd be like oh we should like have a campfire. It's like nope. Yeah. It's very counterintuitive, but basically, yeah. whatever, whatever costs less money, usually to, not always, yeah. but okay. tends to be. Anyways. And you have to remember, like, to charge a device is literally like pennies. It, the amount of energy that you're using to charge devices is very, very, very little. Okay, I was because I've, I've been looking at all these little charts and yeah. a lot of the ways that people are getting told to save the planet, um, it, they're not going to have an impact. And there's some things that people can do, but they're not getting told that. So anyways, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Basically, don't keep keep things out of the landfill, not because of the landfill itself, but because manufacturing a thing to replace the thing you threw out takes much yeah. more energy. Well, thanks goodness we're not forced to buy new phones every year. Away we are. Um, okay, let's do some new products. You ready? Yes. Here we go. New, 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 new. All right. I just have some breaking news. The wireless LEDs work with some toothbrush stands. Good. That's cool. That's important. <laughs> okay. Anyways, what's up first? Okay. First up, we've got a perf board. And this is a weird perf board. This is by request. This is a two millimeter pitch perf board. It is not 0.1 inch pitch. It will not work with um, microcontrollers or dip chips unless you happen to have um, Cold War Russian uh, two millimeter pitch dips, which is, if you do, uh, that's really cool. They're very rare. Um, but this is useful for modules like XBs and like once in a while there's other Wi-Fi modules or dev boards that use two millimeter pitch and you're like, I want to prototype with them. This dev board will do it. If you need 0.1 inch pitch, do not buy this. Uh, we have ones in 0.1 inch pitch, but these are again, two millimeter pitch. Okay, next up. Okay, next up, we've got from, <coughs> from Pimeroni a uh, Pico LiPo charger add-on for the Raspberry Pi Pico, which adds um, a uh, 
lipo battery um, and charging circuits. You can charge through the, the micro USB on the Pico once this is soldered on. And uh, there's a cute on off switch. Um, and I have a little demo I thought I would show. Yeah. Yeah, this is, I want to show how this is okay. together. Show a demo. Okay, so this is. The, the Pico Shim. So again, it goes on the back of the board. That's clever. And in this case, we soldered it through, but you can also solder it like directly on. And then, just one second, let me grab my micro USB. Which fell on the ground. Just not correct. Yeah, okay. gravity is still working here. I know, it is. In case anyone's wondering. Uh, you charge it, it uh, turns red, and then that turns off. And then there's this cute push button switch with a, like an SR latch. Uh, and you push it to turn on the circuit, and when you see the white LED, it's on. So it's That's cool. just a, an adorable little way to, um, you know, you can still plug this into whatever. Yeah. You know, well, maybe you want a little extension cable, uh, little extension headers. Um, but you can also, uh, you can turn it on and off, charge the battery. Great. I think this will work especially good with the Pico uh, W, so you can make wireless projects. Rainbow Allens. Rainbow Allens. Yeah. You were asking about these. You really liked these yep. um, rainbow. What's ironic is apparently Adam Savage also highlighted a similar uh, Great set. minds think alike. Just coincidence. We ordered yeah. these many it's months It's really ago. good validation. It's it's when you uh, know someone and you see that they're going to listen to a band or a concert that you like to, and you're like, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. So uh, we were testing these, and then we wanted to make sure they would work out great. And we, we do a lot of stuff before we put it in the store. Yes. And then... Um, these are actually really nice Allen wrenches. Yeah, these are great. You should get these. And they're rainbowy. Um, they're beautiful. And they come with a little like handle if you want to get a little bit more torque yep. on them. Uh, they're metric, but honestly, we kind of use these for everything, and they yeah, work wonderfully. Work. They've got a shiny chrome finish. Uh, yep. Who doesn't love that? And of course, they are super rainbowy. Yep. Next up. Okay. Um, next up. Okay, this is a, an interesting, uh, weird thing. So I actually got this for my laptop, and then because I, you know, I have a, a Mac laptop that you you gave me, yep. and um, it's the one of the modern M1 ones, and so it has a USB-C port. It doesn't have a mag jack. And if you people know me, I'm clumsy. Things fall, things break, thing, you know, whatever. That's why I learned to be an engineer, to fix all the stuff I broke. Uh, so what's neat about this is, um, I'll show this also on the overhead. It's a USB-C right angle adapter that's also like a mag jack type, a mag, uh, mag safe adapter type thingy. Yeah. The end comes off. So this, you plug this into your device and then it yeah. magnetically flies on, and of course it's USB-C. So also it good for little way. dev boards and stuff like that. You can you can do a lot of things. Anything with USB-C, speaking of. So, for example, and what I like is it also has a little indicator to let you know it's charging. Um, if you wanted to, you know, of course, you don't have to use it with, a, I use it with a laptop, but of course you can use it yeah. with your dev board, and then you can easily connect it, disconnect it, yeah. uh, to turn on and off your, your electronics so you can see it. Turn yep. it on, and then... Bam, disconnected. So this is, all, all this does is turn um, a USB into a right angle with a little magnetic jack. It doesn't have any smarts in it. It has an LED and it can do 120 watts. So it works well for laptops, which is what I got it for. But you can use it with dev boards as well. Okay, next up. Okay, speaking of power, uh, this is also by request. We have a panel mount 2.1 millimeter, 5.5 millimeter uh, jack. Um, it uses the um, panel mount system that I really like. It's just a round one inch hole. 
um, it means it's very easy to drill or cut into any material because it's like some panel mounts um, require rectangular or round or oval holes. And it's like, who's, who has time for that? Uh, round is best. So um, go to the overhead. I can show this real quickly. You know, uh, by the way, folks were saying that these uh, these magnetic things are great for the USB so USB C soldering irons. Oh yeah, that's a yeah, great idea. yeah. These are just a really, like good idea. really handy. Yeah. Um, okay, so this again, you just cut a hole. Like in, in this case, we have um, if you can cut in these little notches, it just means it'll be uh, less likely to rotate a little bit. I think if you line it up perfectly, because there is a little bit of a, a grooving to it. Um, but basically, you you know cut a hole, and then what's nice is this lip is 30 millimeters and this uh, round part is like 23. Um, so it covers up any rough edges on the cutouts. So I remember like I was you making a uh, yeah. arcade machine and it's like if you cut the holes and then there's a little bit of a, a lip to it, um, yeah. it makes for a very super nice pro. Super pro and then it's just an extension cord. It doesn't do anything special. It's just 2.5, uh, sorry, 5.5 outer diameter 2.1 millimeter inner diameter, so standard DC jack. Okay, uh, next up, we've got more cables. Similarly to that right angle jack, um, I'm kind of like, the, the magnetic cables have gotten better. They now do power and data, and uh, they're kind of advanced. So this is a cable that it's both USB type A and type C. You can, shoot, you know, you can cut this thing off or you can keep it on to make it one or the other. And on the other end is also a magnetic tip, which you can see on the next image uh, and also here. Yeah. So like that right angle adapter, um, this is a cable where this end plugs into your computer. You have Windows or PC, use the type A, you have type C Mac, type C, whatever, either one. And then on the end here, um, the, the magnetic tip comes off, so it makes it easy for you to uh, you know, have this power your dev board, and then here, I'll, I'll even plug this in, why not? I think this extension cord is working. There you go. Uh, there's a little indicator light, and then, uh, oops, let's see. So turn this on, so this is lit, and then I'm done with this dev board, or I want to disconnect it without having to unplug, or I want it to just uh, have a safety uh, release so that it doesn't, the USB-C doesn't get yanked off the board. Um, just release it and replace it. And of course, it's USB-C, so you can put it an upside down. So very nice, just magnetic cable. It's kind of your standard USB-C yeah. uh, cable, but it's got a magnetic tip. Except. And we also have just the tips. So if you're like, okay, I want to have yeah. uh, different boards with uh, USB-C and I want to have one cable and then I can connect from you know one to the other, um, we have just the magnetic tip part. Okay, and start the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, our team, our community, our customers, all the folks who make this thing go is? The TCA 8418 uh, breakout board, which I'm really excited about because we started this design in 2020 um, and the chip was completely unavailable and then it became available. Um, so we are able to uh, finally stock this really interesting uh, GPIO expander and uh, keypad matrix driver. So. It is an 18 GPIO expander if you want to just have like 18 inputs, outputs with pull-ups, you know, and, and interrupt output, then you can do that. But what's interesting about this chip is it also does keypad scanning. So it has 10 columns, eight rows, so it can do up to 180 keys. And here I'm just demoing it with a simple uh, three by four matrix keypad. 
And it has a 10 um, element event queue, so it can actually, like you don't have to pull it constantly. If there's key presses, it'll record the key matrix presses and releases for you. And then, you know, whenever you get around to asking over I squared C, hey, what key presses did you get? Um, it'll, it'll emit those key, key codes and whether they were pressed or released. And then you can um, use it with Arduino or CircuitPython. We have drivers for uh, both, so you can use it with any microcontroller. Um, and then another interesting thing about this chip is it also has a Linux kernel support. And so if you happen to be interested in like making a up to 80 key uh, keyboard for a single board computer, um, this driver chip, you can load it with uh, into the kernel using a device tree overlay. You can set up the key map and um, then you can use it as a native keyboard uh, built into the kernel, which I think is kind of cool. I'm going to try that out. So here's the demo. Just show them the overhead real fast. If I can plug it in, I should have gotten this hooked up to my magnetic thing. Um, so yeah, so here are the columns. So there's uh, columns zero through nine, and then the rows are down here. Uh, there's two up here, row zero one, and then uh, through R seven. Uh, note that you cannot change the row and column assignment. Like you can't make a column into a row. Like there's ten columns, eight rows. That's it. And then, uh, you know, I just happened to have a keypad. I thought it would be easy to wire this up. I just wrote a little example that maps the uh, key numbers to um, digits and displays them. And uh, there's also a debouncer built in. And of course you can mix and match. You can have some GPIO and uh, some keypad matrices. Um, just again, you know, rows and columns are, are fixed. You can't change whether a pin is a row or a column, whatever it's labeled as is what it is. But it's a really nice little chip and um, does something that I haven't seen a lot of other, uh, you know, no GPIO expander that I know of other than like the um, HT16K33 does keypads. And even that doesn't um, have a nice event queue like this one does. And that's new products. Okay, well, um, now you know why the code was Rimbalon. Um, because of this, and you can buy those and get 10% off. Um, I got some questions lined up. You can post them again or um, new ones in our Discord. Yes. And uh, while we're uh, looking at the questions coming in, we're going to do some top, top secret, secret from the vault. <coughs> Let's see what's there. Yeah, um, we're working on some easy link stuff, so take it away, us. Early data, what is this? This is the dezombification of the EasyLink Bluefruit. Originally, I did this with the CSR chipset. Now we're trying to rebuild this board with an ESP32, which has Bluetooth Classic support. I have it wired up here to an Arduino Uno. Um, the DTR line is connected to a capacitor. Uh, you can see data being transmitted. Blue means it's connected to Bluetooth. And I just uploaded a NeoPixel sketch. So what's interesting about this code is it does um, the baud rate selection correctly so whatever bodware you open up the com port over here on the computer at uh, it does that and also it passes through the DTR DSR RTS and CTS lines so it's actually kind of like a transparent serial port over Bluetooth classic uh, so far it's working pretty well so I'm excited to get this design wrapped up and into the Adafruit shop no sub secret okay we're gonna roll right into questions Running late, Anna. Got some lined up. Here we go. Okay. 
I need to get long-term seven-ish hours timing with millisecond precision in CircuitPython is timed on monotonic NS going to be sufficient with, say, an RP2040. There is nothing that's going to get you seven-ish hour timing with millisecond precision. That's just not, even Arduino, I wouldn't necessarily trust it. Um, what would you trust? There's going to be some drift. It's really hard, actually. Millisecond um, precision is, I mean, that's like parts per, it's parts per million. It's a, it's a lot. You'll have to figure out what the, what the PPM is for that. Remember, one millisecond is one one-thousandth, and then you multiply it by the second hour, whatever. Figure out that precision. Um, I don't know of anything offhand that can give you that kind of accuracy. Um, again, even Arduino crystals are not, are I think like 20 or 25 ppm. I don't know if they're if they're good enough for what you need. Um, yeah, this is where atomic clocks come in. Um, and even most RTCs, they're not, they, they have little drift, but they're still not gonna get millisecond precision. So basically, uh, it's very hard. You might wanna talk to a physicist. Okay. Um, I think I can answer this one. Yeah. What do you, is there an easy way to keep track of specific changes in addition to the Adafruit learning guides, like track changes feature? So for the code, you can check on GitHub. For any updates, it'll say last updated, and then any assets will say that. But we we have typos and stuff like that, so we don't have like the ongoing forever log of like, oh, we forgot an apostrophe. Yeah, we we tend to only bump it to the top of the you know updated new product guides when there's like a new page. Um, or like a very serious, serious change. Yeah. Um, we don't have, we don't have, we, we do have records of everything that's changed, but we don't have a feed. But for code stuff, you can look at uh, GitHub. Of course, yes, of course. In the code, you can subscribe yeah. to the Adafruit GitHub repo and you can see the nitty gritty every day. Okay, uh, data sheet question from before from Marcos, gonna send that to the team, thank you for that. Can CircuitPython be used for real-time sensing applications? It depends on how real-time you mean. If you mean millisecond per seven hours, then no. Um, but okay. if you mean just like, hey, I want to uh, you know, control something like a servo, a motor, and I want to have it, have it uh, happen at a regular rate, um, maybe, uh, it's, it depends again on, on your your accuracy that you need. Um, there's things like PIO in uh, you know, the Raspberry Pi that can give you really good real-time timing. Um, but often we recommend just using a peripheral or, or like a, a, a coprocessor chip that or coprocessor helper that's really good at the specific thing that you need to have done. So if you're like generating PWMs or something, uh, use a PWM generator that'll you know you can control over I squared C or SPI. Um, so it, it kind of depends on, on the kind of timing and, and sensing that you need. Okay. Um, what was the main takeaway for wireless charging? Is better because it will last longer than a cable? Yeah, I mean. It's, it's basically convenience. Um, and yes, basically, you know. Whatever you're not manufacturing. Basically, for, for first off, some, sometimes you really want to make your, um, your device weatherproof, like very ruggedized. And for it to be ruggedized, it needs to be like IP rated. And to be IP rated, you can't really have just like a massive port that you just like you can plug in. I mean, you can get weatherproof USB-C connectors or, you know, Apple uses lightning, but um, you might be better off with using wireless charging. Uh, and that's why, you know, the wireless charging toothbrushes are such uh, one of the first, you know, uh, killer apps for wireless charging is, you know, bathrooms and toothbrushes are just constantly covered with uh, spit and water and toothpaste and gunk mm. and they're being put under the wa you know, water. Yes, they could have had a port, but the port would have just gotten clogged and rusty. Um, and so having wireless charging is, is a great use case for that. Similarly with phones, um, like one of the things that really has always broken on phones first is the USB cable, 
because people don't realize it's plugged in. They yank on it, and then you get that strain, which just like wrenches the connector off of the PCB. Um, same thing with headphones, which is you know why wireless headphones are also a really good idea in some cases. So yeah. it's it's mostly an issue of um, reducing your like outside environmental ingresses. Um, and also it's convenience. If you have something like a, a watch or a phone, people are gonna be less annoyed with low battery life if they can just put it down on their bedroom you know, nightstand um, and it automatically charges overnight. Whereas if they have to remember to plug it in, that's just like one more thing they have to remember. Yeah. So just here as a prediction, you know, future is gonna be wireless charging for a lot of things. And then much like when you order food and it, you click a thing that says, do or do not include utensils. When we order electronics or we buy things, you'll probably not get a USB-C cable with stuff, It'll, or you'll have to click include utensils, include USB-C cable, because everyone gets a cable over and over and over again, and that's a huge amount of waste that a lot of people don't need a cable. Yeah. Um, might save some uh, cost on devices, too, if you say, I don't want a cable. Anyways, uh, next up. Uh, for the 120 watt charger, is it 25 watts or six amps? And then, then folks were answering in the chat. I think it's probably 20, 20 volts, five amps. I'll tell you, here's the thing. I actually don't remember. When I got it, of course, I plugged into the USB-C yeah. thing. And I use it with my, uh, you know, my MacBook Air, and it works wonderfully with that. Um, and it charges at, at, a, at a proper rate. I'd say it's probably 20 uh, 20, 20 volt, five amps. I think yeah. the rating, basically it doesn't have e-mark in it, in case you're wondering, because if it did, it would cost more and it, I would know, but it, it doesn't say that. So I'm assuming it doesn't have e-mark in it. Um, it does do PD because otherwise my laptop wouldn't charge. Um, and I think the rating is mostly on the cable, like the, the connector quality and length. Um, again, it doesn't have any internal circuitry in it. It just passes the wires through. There's no internal circuitry at all okay. for that adapter. Uh, we'll speed around these to get you out of here because yeah. we're going to bounce soon. Uh, do they make USB mini B magnetic ends? They don't. We're going to have lightning and micro B, but I couldn't find mini B. Sorry, mini B just kind of didn't make it to the next, the next generation. It got left yeah. on the... Yeah. Left on the last Every, boat. Everyone's liking the idea of like, don't send utensils, don't send USB-C cable. Like, we, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think instead of being like shamed about straws, like this is actually something that could, you know manufacturers could do. Anyways, especially the USB the USB yeah. cables are always like they're not that great. Okay. And they're like one directional. Are there any guides on make my own board by scaling back CircuitPython to only the sensors I need for my project? I never made a board before, but considering turning my dream project into a product, would it be advisable just to use CircuitPython as a brain? Oh, sorry, maybe that's Circuit. Playground is brain since it's already so affordable. Considering a super small run of twenty-ish, oh. is this a disrespectful idea? Since it's development boards and for education, I'm learning to code using Circuit Python myself. So I think they're combining Circuit Playground and Circuit Python. Um, our boards are open source. If yeah. you want to make a remix of a board, you go can for totally it. take it and, and pull out anything. It's not you don't disrespectful. Want. It fulfills the destiny of what we're trying to do. However, I will warn you, it's hard to get some of those parts, which is yeah. why we're out of yeah. stock right now. Yeah. Uh, so if you're able to get um, those components. Um, you have to basically, you know, yes, you can take the design and just yank off whatever you don't want and, and hand make them or, or get them manufactured. Um, or you can change it, and people have. Like, they'll swap out different yeah. sensors. That's totally just cool, too. Ideally, you'd publish your design so someone can learn off that, and we can continue this thing going. Um, little bummed, personally, that there seems to be 
a retraction of the idea of publishing open source hardware for things that people actually want. Yeah. Um, we're the number one open source hardware certified company according to Oshawa because we have the most certifications and we'll always continue to do that. But it is a little bit of a drag that we're seeing. Some of the open source hardware companies are just basically like, nope, we're gonna like do like super advanced pro now. We you, you don't need this anymore. Um, we're not gonna publish our, our files anymore. That's okay. I'm gonna, keep, I'm gonna I'm gonna publish more. We're for just gonna them. keep doing what we're doing. But yeah. that's fine. Um, next up, how did chip component manufacturers pick those crazy parts names that they use? <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> it is a little bit of a question. You know, it's like once in a while you see articles about how like drug manufacturers you know pick the names for their drugs like you know Vivance or whatever um, I have no idea how they at least they're combining two things that try to you know like Vivantum it's like okay it's for you can kind of see yeah. sometimes you know usually there's a lot of X's and Z's and yeah. Y's and V's and they try to make it kind of sound like the thing but um, Lumagel yeah. I do not know I mean like this is the you know the WCT 38466 I, you know I'm assuming there's some internal coding yeah. Uh, I have no idea. Look, Adafruit product numbers are just monotonically increasing. So product number 4,000 just was is the one before 4,001, and that's it. Okay. Um, is there a simple way to identify one wire Debbie S2 oh, devices? <laughs> I was like, line, a, a line break there, yeah. Oh. Uh, devices to serial numbers and installation with uh, multiple one-wire devices on the same bus. Sucks, huh? Yeah, there's no real easy way to do it. You just have to plug in one at a time. Do a scan to identify the the MAC address or the identifier, and then like put some sort of piece of tape with that number on it. Yeah, are we yeah. gonna resurrect EasyKey? Yeah, maybe one day. Um, will CircuitPython be able to drive e-ink displays using RP twenty forty W one day? Probably. It can do it now. It just doesn't can't use Wi-Fi at the same time. Like RP twenty forty definitely supports e-ink. It just doesn't do both. Are we going to make a screwdriver? No, but I've seen a lot of the you know electronic ones. We'll probably... Why? When we have Rainbow Allens. Yeah. Have you seen my yeah, amazing? Of. I will okay. say that I got the sample of this uh, during Pride Month. That's how long it takes to get something into the shop. It's like All so rainbowy. Right. And that does it for questions. Thank you, everybody. Don't forget the code is Rainbow Allen, and you can see why. Uh, Ten percent off in the store. All the way up to 11.59 p.m. tonight. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. It's very much appreciated. Special thanks to Zay behind the scenes here at Adafruit. And we'll see everybody next week. We're hosting Show and Tell next week. Ask an Engineer next week. We have lots of videos we're doing. There's a lot ahead. Chips are starting to come back in stock. So we'll see how things go. Thanks for hanging in there for the last couple years of all this nonsense um well I mean, we'll try to keep doing chip shortages. there's always gonna be something yeah. but I, I can't i don't feel it, bad about doing the same chips over and over well time. yeah it, but you know the, some of the vendors that are out there have started to reach out to us and they're like oh yeah like things are starting to come back we'll, we'll let you know more so you know we'll see okay um this has been an adafruit production beep, bop, here beep, is your bop, moment of zener bye everybody zeners <laughs>